If your metro don't trust you, I'm gon' shut you Beautiful morning, you're the sun of my morning, babe Nothing on What's up, and welcome back to Nostalgia Pod, your weekly look at what's going on in pop culture. My name is Patrick Sheehan. I am joined with a man who's still thriving, Dave Martinson. What's going on, man? Still striving, I guess, but I say you're thriving, Dave. Yeah, striving, always living long and prospering, all those ASAP adages. It's all good, man. Not a nice <laughs> We've been talking about that. Is, uh, is this going to be an ice-breathing dragon? Is this going to be a fire-breathing dragon? All I want to know is, where, where do they get those chains, man? For real. Those aren't wildling chains. No. So, yeah, they just, uh, they just made them, you know? Yeah. They killed, they killed some wild chains, and now they're chain white. Ridiculous. So, you know, it, it's fine. Uh, it's, it's fine. Th- there's a lot to critique, but that's honestly a very minor critique, let's be honest. Oh, definitely. <laughs> We're going to jump right into Thrones, but we wanted to start off with a little uh, shameless ask of our viewers please subscribe on itunes and spotify and wherever else you listen to this but especially youtube we're not on spotify how are we not on spotify yet uh you can't apply you have to get asked Ah. so if you give us some uh, youtube subs that would you know get us closer to spotify if you subscribe you'll help us out with that and we'd like to be on spotify where taylor swift won't be we're into her as well but circle back to rome thrones i mean this episode it was called Beyond the Wall. They might have gone a little Simple. out of their minds. Yet effective. Yeah. This. I mean, <laughs> what were your thoughts after this episode yeah, ended yesterday? Like immediately after. Yeah, the hot takes were flowing. Yeah. Man, people were just ready to just tell tell you how much Thrones is bad. Man. For real. Like, it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. Like I was like, you know, you don't have to watch a TV show about high fantasy right. if you don't want to. It's okay. Right. But yeah, I mean. Yeah, logic app aside, we kind of talked about the fallacy of the plan last week of going beyond the wall to get a white to prove to Cersei that they need to team up. Yeah, kind of dumb. Uh, we went over that. And like you said, there's some weird things like the chain showing up. And obviously the time was as fluid as it's ever been in this episode, which again, I, I don't actually mind that much, although it was a stretch at many points. Right. Uh, ice breaking deep beyond the wall kind of implausible when winter is here the ice probably shouldn't have broke right it should have just been frozen solid but well how long did it stay broken that, that was my whole thing was how long were they on that rock that's the thing they were on the rock a certain amount of time meanwhile a raven gendry, <laughs> gendry ran his uh, five this is my favorite part. got the raven out then danny read the raven got on a dragon other two in tow and they got all the way back up there. You know, dragons fly faster than a raven, I assume. Sure. Meanwhile, everyone's just chilling. Uh, we lost Thoros due to exposure, so, you know, time did pass. But fluid, man, it's fine. I'm not waiting for no ravens on this show. No, but Thoros is also already in rough shape. So the timeline, I mean, I was talking with friend of the pod, Sean McKenna, about this afterwards. I was like, were they on that for, like, 24 hours? I mean, how long did it take that ice to refreeze over? I can't imagine that long. But at the same time... Thoros died of exposure. Raven got to Gentry got to the wall or to Eastwatch. Winter the Raven got to was it King's Landing, right. Dragonstone, and then Daenerys got back up all within what seemed like three hours. Right. <laughs> and, but I mean, yeah. it, it was I, I thought the I thought the fight scenes were great. Again, seeing the dragons just blow apart the White Walkers when they probably could have done this from the beginning and not needed to uh, necessarily do this 
basically suicide mission, or it seemed like a suicide mission. No one really died. I mean, uh, Thoros died, but if you had to pick three people you wanted to make it out, probably John Tormund, and probably Jorah, the hounds, and everybody made it out. I didn't think Barrick was making no it. No way. I thought him and Thoros were package deal. I guess keeping Gendry and Jorah around, you could argue for, sure. But I think, I think back to people's criticisms, I think it's just... It's tough to accept the logic gaps that we're willing to accept when the plot feels so contrived, and in this case, uh, dumb. So I understand that. At the same time, I'm okay to I'm I'm okay to live with it. Yeah, it's a it's a weaker episode of the storytelling. And people also weren't a fan of the Arya Sansa exchange. Again, let's let it all play out. Right. I, I think my takeaway is that you know as we've known, we talked about the expedited pace of this season, season seven. The show could have got on many more years than had a natural conclusion, right? But by speeding it up and ending the show faster, it's going to be a little sloppy. And we've seen it this season, and I'm okay with that. I'm excited for the finale. We're going to get back to the game bowl. Yeah, it seems that way. And, and to kind of circle back to the, like the, I think I touched on that a little bit last week, how the show having to speed up is definitely condensing timelines, and it is making, there's more holes in the plot and character development, just timelines and the way things happen, but this was something that, if they didn't speed it up, they probably weren't going to be able to sustain the level of the show anyway, because these actors don't want to be doing this for forever, you know, so you had to basically say, like, okay, here's yeah. a, there's an end point to this for you guys, because you yeah. see that picture on Twitter all the time of them when they were, when they first started, and they were basically babies, and now, like, Kit Harrington yeah. looks old man compared to that photo. And, and Isaac Hempstead writes a lot. Right, yeah. Exactly. Any last thoughts from Game of Thrones? Yeah, no, I, I thought that was that's a really good point. They wanted to end this, and like book Twitter was on fire. You know, they love to tell you how much the books are better, and it's like, yeah, well, there's a thing called TV making. You know, sacrifice has to be made, and yeah, these actors don't want to do this for the rest of their lives. That's why the anthology shows are so popular, the eight episode shows where you can do eight episodes and be done, not be contractually obligated to do eighty episodes or something, right? So they wanted to end this. Definitely. Cersei's not in the season that much. That's probably because they couldn't get Lena Headey. Probably didn't want to work as much as she needed to on the show. Let's be real. Probably keeping her around for next season. Yeah. So just you got to keep it in perspective when you think about the show. But it's gonna be a little sloppier and a little probably simpler as they end this because the White Walkers are, uh, you know, they're, they're more of a one-dimensional threat. They're, they're just it's becoming more of normal fantasy than subverting everything we know about TV the first few seasons. You know, it can't do that the whole time. Accept that and you'll still enjoy the ride. Absolutely. Also, shout out to the Night's King. I, I mean, he basically threw that flat-footed on his heels, and he he might, might have been able to throw one to the moon if he had actually stepped into that. That was a hell of a throw. I knew the Jets cut Brandon Marshall and Decker for <laughs> That's why. You know, jumping off to something interesting that popped up in the last week, I believe it was last Thursday, Disney and Star Wars announced that there's an Obi-Wan movie in very, very early development with uh, rumors that Stephen Daldry going to be directing and because it's so early they don't even have anyone attached they don't have a script they don't have a script done even done so this is very early but obi-wan movie what do you think i mean they have the han solo movie coming out next year it's supposed to be may they pushed it back they didn't push it back we thought they should but it's still may 29th right so yeah sorry 20 2018 i mean what do you think about obi-wan standalone uh, this is something a lot of fans actually really wanted a lot of people said Forget a Han Solo movie, do an Obi-Wan movie. Ewan McGregor back, he's, you know, he hasn't outright like denied 
his interest in reprising the role and do something cool with him. You know, I mean, there's 18 years on Tatooine where he's watching Luke grow up. Right. I'm sure he can do. You can make him do something cool. You know, as he's getting old. I think that's that's the hope for the film. Conversely, he's the character we've seen the most of throughout the saga. He's in uh, six movies. He's in the first three in some form or another, as well as all three prequels, obviously, in the major roles. So we've seen a lot of him. So there's the window again. It's just that, that year gap before he's on Tatooine now, and he's uh, the majority of the time. So I understand, you know, narratively that it, for a fan, it could be a lot of fun. The big takeaway is that Lucasfilm is continuing to play it safe with the anthology films. When we first heard about these things existing outside of the you know sequel trilogy of Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Episode Nine, we were like, "Oh, this is a chance to do some like tales from Jabba's palace, like that 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 awesome book where it told all these cool stories about the side characters and Star Wars is a big crazy world. There's so much to see. No, this is still gonna have the Force in it. There'll still be legacy characters. They're playing it safe because that's what makes money and that's what most fans attach to and. In a sense, that is disappointing because I would love to see any other aspect of the Star Wars world beyond something tangentially related to the Skywalkers. I get that criticism, but they're going to play it safe. Kind of knew that. And, you know, Rogue One made a billion dollars despite some production issues and despite being connected to the trilogy, uh, obviously with the Death Star. So, you know, it's cool. I'm happy that they're doing Obi-Wan over other characters. Like, there's apparently they're kicking the tires on some other ideas, namely Boba Fett, Yoda, and Jabba the Hutt. And I, I don't think any of those are actually feature films, except for probably Boba. Yeah. But Bo- the cool thing about Boba Fett is that he's mysterious. So I'd rather do something like Obi-Wan, because we already know so much about. But let's leave Boba alone. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think, you know, coming back to your point about th- them playing it safe, that was kind of my initial reaction was it, it kind of felt like, eh, this isn't very inspired. But I think after the issues they've had with the Han Solo movie, there's probably some concerns about how that's going to come out it's going to really be uh, as big of a hit as they probably expected it to be. So they, I think they wanted to go back to something that they felt was somewhat predictable. Which, I mean, you can't really blame them. When it's a franchise like this, you can't take too many too many of these like side movies that don't pan out well before people are going to start saying like what's actually going on here. Yeah, exactly. And I think that point is echoed by the, the early talks with Stephen Dalton, right? right? Felt burned by doing Chris Lord and uh, Phil Miller, right? Yep. Or is it Phil Miller, Chris Lord? Lord Miller. Uh, <laughs> you know, they're unique filmmakers with their own sense, a little less proven. Stephen Daldry has been nominated for Best Director three times. He recently did four episodes of The Crown. A classic director similar to Ron Howard. So they're playing safe in that regard. So I, it's predictable. But at the, at the end of the day, it's Obi-Wan. And if they can get Ewan McGregor to come back for it, be, I'm still going to be stoked as hell to see it. If they couldn't get uh, McGregor, who would you want to play him? Yeah, uh, it's tough, you know? I saw some people say, like, hmm, maybe they'll get Karen Egerton. And I was like, no, I was too hard for Karen Egerton to be Han Solo. He cannot be no Obi-Wan. I, I, I couldn't even venture a solid guess. I just hope they get McGregor back. And again, they're not committed to making this movie yet. Right. It's, entertain the idea thinking about it so it's not like it is a script so um, no guarantee what i was thinking who i'd would rather have and he looks a little bit young for the part especially if he's playing obi-wan after episode three but andrew garfield you know after seeing him in silence he kind of had that obi-wan look going on so just don't don't shave just keep the long hair and the beard and keep put the robes back on bro we'll see if garfield wants to go back to a franchise after spider-man 
kind of left not to drive. Yeah, but he, he wouldn't necessarily have to stay in the franchise. You know, go back in, oh, yeah, drop a movie. True. So The appeal of the anthology film is that it's exactly that. It's a one-off. Absolutely. We'll Speaking of someone that is definitely not a one-off, Taylor Swift. Swifty. I mean, man, it, it was all Eclipse talk today, which... I mean, I didn't have the glasses. I didn't see it. I know that you did. You said it was pretty cool, right? It was really cool. The glasses, you know, take away all the contrast of from the sun. It is a really cool sight. I'm really excited to look at all the NASA professional photos. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. But Taylor Swift, they almost stole the day when she dropped a, a 10-second video of a snake in a dark room just kind of slithering a little bit. I mean, some other news came out with it with Lyric Site Genius posted Timeless, a title for an upcoming Taylor Swift single from a project called TS6, which is obviously just a placeholder for whatever the name of her next album will be. But I mean, Swift hasn't released an album in like three years now. 1989 was 2014? 15. So, I mean, what, how do you feel about the return of T-Swift? We've kind of been talking about it on and off for months, right? This is clearly the window this fall is her chance, you know? Right. Bella and Beyonce just happened recently. Katy Perry also kind of disappointed earlier. Lord's ha- like, th- this is her chance for her, like, her as the pop star to own another six-month year, you know? Like, and it, Drake is out of the charts for the first time since Best I Ever Had debut. Crazy. So, like, it, it's just right for the taking for Taylor Swift to just dominate for the next, you know, year and a half. Crazy. So, I'm not surprised at all. But it's funny that she used a serpent because when everyone emoji bombed her after Kim and Kanye showed the receipts, used a snake emoji. Ah, uh, well, well <laughs> I mean, Taylor Swift always, she's at least tuned into what's going on. We didn't talk about this, but did you buy that rumor that she snuck out of her own house in like a, a suitcase? I saw it. Plausible. <laughs> but, plausible. Yeah, plausible. But yeah, it was. Oh, 1989 was 2014, by the way. You were right. Okay. So, three years coming up. That's the longest she's had between albums, too, so, I mean, we've been talking about it, like you said, on and off. We know Taylor Swift's schedule. We'll be talking about it on Nostalgia Pod. Check out all of our past pods, soundcloud.com slash Nostalgia Pod. Stay plugged in. Taylor Swift will most likely not release her, or actually, she probably will release her music on Apple Music, right? That's the one she, that's where she releases her music for streaming? Yeah, yeah, she, like, made up some of the streams before. Yeah, it's on Spotify now too, right? All of her stuff. Yeah, Ooh. she just had to get on her high horse for a little bit. You know, right. We've talked about that before. Well, yeah, it's available. Apple trying to cut in to the content making business, putting $1 billion towards creating television content in 2018. I mean, seems like a little late for them to be jumping in, but I don't know. Dave, Apple Music, are you in or out on them creating their own content? Yeah. Yeah, good point. So since the news broke that they were dropping a billion, planning to drop a billion dollars on original programming, analysts have kind of refocused everyone that this should be seen as a play against Spotify, who they're lagging behind in terms of subscribers, not a play against Netflix or Amazon. Uh, this is not Apple becoming, uh, you know, the next Hulu or something, right? Uh, Netflix spent $6 billion on content. Amazon spent $4.5 billion. Apple spending $1 billion is not moving the needle. So that's 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 not what they're trying to do. This is really just a play at Spotify where they're about 23 million subscribers behind. It's about 50 million to 27 million. And analysts say that if they can add 7 to 8 million Apple Music subscribers off of this boost in content, you know, something that will drive people to the platform and hopefully subscribe, 
did recoup that $1 million in three years. So that's the thought. Again, we have to see what kind of content this is. Obviously, they'll attract talent. They already, they already get more exclusive deals or uh, timed exclusives with their service that aren't necessarily driving subscribers. Spotify still dominates, and Title's obviously, you know, barely a factor. Right. So it is interesting, and I'm interested to see what kind of content this is, whether it's stuff that they put on from week one, or if it really is like a linear shows that's on throughout the week or so. Uh, interesting, but it's not an attack on Netflix or anything interesting i didn't know that uh, apple was the one that was producing james corden's full-length carpool karaoke episodes the one where it's like 23 minutes long which i think is actually a really interesting space for them to try to go into if you're going to be mostly a music service but then you're going to be offering this extra content as a way to entice new subscribers it seems like a really smart venue oh, that almost seems like an attack on youtube you know trying to get some viral aspects on their site that costs money you know spotify doesn't have anything like that so you know in theory it could work but i'm just not sure how much of it how much this actually will move the needle in terms of getting people to pay for apple music that weren't already planning on paying for it so um, too early to tell all right well jumping off of uh, apple music into some albums that we uh listened to over the weekend to let you guys know if you should too let's start with asap ferg dave What's his name? Donald Ferguson? Uh, I don't know. I'm pretty sure that... No, that's, that's not his real name. It's something <laughs> like that. Uh, it is Ferguson. It's... Yeah, I mean, it's a, Oh, it's Daryl. Daryl Ferguson. Yeah, there you go. Sorry. Fergenstein. The Ferganator. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is his second album in two years. Still striving. It's follow-up to... What, what was it? No, no. Always strive oh, yeah. and prosper. Always strive and prosper. ASAP. That's what it is. And... Uh, interesting i i didn't really like this album that much yeah it's uh well it's again it's a mixtape so lower lower expectations but it's um come on it's ferg attempt it's ferg attempting to get back to the trap board sound but not really pushing it that far so it's just like okay always driving prosper he took a lot of risks uh like that missy elliott song strive very dancey he had a lot of with skrillex on there you know he had a lot of he went in a lot of different directions, and it was actually kind of a mixed result for a lot of people. But this is kind of him just going more back to what he knows and what he was really good at on Trackboard. But nothing is too, nothing really jumps out on the page that much, despite a great feature list. So I think it's, you know, it's it's totally okay. Yeah, that's actually the thing that I was gonna say I did like is that there are a lot of really good features on this album, and I thought they fit in pretty well. But I just don't, I don't think I like trap uh, trap rap music. Yeah, uh, it's not not my favorite style and the content just doesn't really Less speak Migos. to me. Right. Well, yeah, and that, that Lollapalooza video of Migos uh, was amazing. The crowd was lit, dude. I'm so excited for the Meadows, dude. I'm more excited to see Migos than I am to see Jay-Z and I don't even fucking care who knows. Like, I'm so excited. <laughs> well, I, I think that that is an appropriate reaction if you're taking music at all right now. So, so yeah, I listened to the Grizzly Bear album, Painted Ruins. Grizzly Bear's first album since Shields, which a lot of people really enjoyed back in 2014. Uh, yeah, and Grizzly Bear, they're just a really good band. You know, people call them chamber pop rock music. It's just, it's just a very full sound. You know, I'm trying to think who would be a good comparison to them. N- nothing's really coming to mind. They just, they really make very beautiful music. They're all great musicians, very layered, complex. And this album is very chill. Which I like, you know, I, I really like to listen to music I can just kind of vibe out to, don't get too up, too down. 
and this is uh, a great album for that. You know, there's not really maybe one song that, that stands out to me, but if I had to recommend one, which I think you might even enjoy, Dave. What, what, what kind of rock is this exactly? Think like, uh, think like Explosions in the Sky, but more mainstream. And they and they have mainstream. a singer. Is it poppy? It's a it's a little bit pop, but you, you probably know their their hit two weeks. But morning sound off this and neighbors, I also really like. I don't know. I don't think if, if you don't like rock music, you're gonna tune into this, Dave. But uh, overall, just a really beautiful album. Put it on while you drive. You gonna put a song on the playlist? Our Spotify playlist that you can find at sapphire.com slash nostalgiapod. Yeah, yeah, well, I'll, I'll probably put Morning Sound on there. It seems to be their biggest hit from this album, but uh, ASAP Ferg, I mean, do you want to put one of his songs on there? Which one would you recommend? I think the beginning act is pretty decent. The first song, we Need to Know, is pretty good, but um, the Migos, Migos song is kind of whatever. Right. Uh, the Cardi song is pretty whatever, but, you know, it's again, it's it's okay. There's, there's a lot worse rap albums this year, or rap projects this year, but, you know, it's forgettable definitely and we have a lot of hopefully memorable music coming up we're going to be talking about it on upcoming pods we have asap mob action bronson xxx tentacion 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 fifth harmony are they officially fourth harmony now no i just saw that this is their first album without yeah war on drugs brockhampton and made in tayo tokyo Tokyo, Tokyo, that crap. Who, who is made in Tokyo? You know, Uber everywhere. Oh, God. That crap. XXL Freshman, 2017. Well, uh, I'm really excited for uh, Fourth Harmony and War on Drugs. Bro- actually, I, I listened. To, I checked out that Brockhampton song, uh, Junkie. Very interesting. Brockhampton is really, really something. Saturation, their first album came out in April. Saturation 2 comes out this Friday, like everything else we just mentioned. And they are a rap rap boy band is what they call themselves their front man kevin abstract is a uh openly gay rapper and he does not uh not mince words about when he's getting head from his boyfriend stuff like that it's pretty funny but uh, overall they are really unique sound and really play a lot of good stuff and also when they rap they fucking really rap hard and so i really recommend people listen to saturation and then definitely tune in to saturate saturation 2 this friday they're awesome. Yeah, that, that song Junkie was really intense. I'm definitely going to check out Saturation before I listen to Saturation 2. But Dave, you saw a movie this weekend. A Steven Soderbergh movie. It has a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. It only opened with $8.1 million behind the Ryan Reynolds movie and uh, Annabelle Creation or something. Horror movies have a really solid floor. As we'll they do, which is crazy. So I'm not surprised by that. Uh, Hitman's Bodyguard with Samuel L. Jackson and Reynolds getting the $20 million. Good for them. Cheap movie, get your money back. Cool, but yes, it's it's been a really bad August. If you want to, if you read some uh, box office forecasts, you can go read a lot into that. It's been a bad August, um, but yeah, with the debuting under ten, despite critical buzz, really really hurts. It's a it's a really fun movie, uh, really well done. Steven Soderbergh is probably the least famous prolific director of our time, I'd say, just because he's made so many great movies, but no one. The average person's like, who's Steven Soderbergh? Ocean's think, Eleven, man. Yeah, the Ocean Trilogy, Contagion, Magic Mike, Traffic, Haywire, Aaron Brockovich. He's done so many different kinds of movies, and adding Logan Lucky in there, which is like a redneck caper film in West Virginia, is really fun, and the cast is just out of this world, and he has such a good track record with big cast, obviously. The Ocean's movies, 
more above all else. Adam Driver and Chang Tatum are brothers. They're the ones who planned this robbery. Their sister, Riley Keough, we saw her in Mad Max Fury Road. She's actually the eldest grandchild of Elvis Presley, which I thought was pretty interesting. And Daniel Craig is this bank robber guy that they get to help them pull off the heist. And it's really great to see Craig uh, having fun doing a non-serious role because he's definitely relishing that. You know, that's been, he's been a brooding Bond for so long. Right. Um, Seth MacFarlane's in there. Katie Holmes is in there. Uh, Hilary Swank is in there. There's a really, I cannot stress how great this Game of Thrones George R. R. Martin joke in the scene is in the movie. I can't spoil it, but it is absolutely worth watching the movie because this joke is so spot on, so poignant, and so relevant that it made everything for me. But overall, it's just a really fun movie. Uh, you know, it kind of subverts expectations here and there, and I definitely recommend people check it out. Yeah, Soderbergh seems like he's the Brad Stevens of directors right now. Like, he can take all these pieces and just get the best out of them in different ways, depending on the situation, uh, and really accentuate what they're good at, and just let them have a lot of fun with it. And I'm definitely going to check this movie out when I get a chance. You know, the list of movies that I want to see is stacking up at this point, and I'm planning to go see Good Time, but Logan Lucky is, like, right at the top, based on what everybody I, I know that's seen it has said about. Yeah, absolutely. I'm stoked to see Good Time, too. It's still expanding its release, so just check if it's around where you guys are uh, listening at home. I mean, if you had to... I know that you love the Game of Thrones joke in this movie, but it, would you say that this is maybe Soderbergh's funniest movie? It's up there. Yeah, it's, it, it's in the running. Hmm. It's not strictly a comedy by any means, but yeah, I, I think it's 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 up there. Yeah, I mean, Oceans, Oceans has some, some good moments, but from... What I've seen you tweeting about and, and some other people on Twitter, it seems like people really, like what they took away were, were the, the comedy parts from this. All right. Well, Dave, thank you for your review of Logan Lucky. Definitely going to check it out. We'll be talking about Good Time, lots of music next week, Game of Thrones, the series finale. I mean, we're kind of swamped for the next couple weeks. I'm really excited. LCD Sound System dropped a single. Their album's coming out in what, two, two weeks at this point. So... A lot of stuff to be talking about. Check all of our past pods out, soundcloud.com slash nostalgiapod. Subscribe to our Spotify playlist. Subscribe on YouTube here. Follow Dave at Martin Swagger. Follow me at She World Peace. And follow the pod at nostalgiapod. We come at you every Tuesday, Wednesday, depending on when we get the pod out. And we try to bring what you want. So tweet at us and let us know what we can improve on, what you want to hear. Yeah, do that. And I think we'll see you next week. Any last thoughts, Dave? A lot of music to get to. Yeah. Don't sleep on it. The culture is ramping back up. All right. Peace out. All my days, I'm-